And live from New York, it's Saturday night! Pre-taped from Toronto, it's Saturday night! Not too bad. It is a new month in comedy on a whole new night. This Saturday night, we go one-on-one with Canadian comedy expat Graham Kay and an inside look at the life of an open micer with realtor by day, comic by night, Rasha Alfeki. It's an all-new night with comedy's best of the best. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes, boys and girls. Brought to you, of course, by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. It is a new month in comedy, and of course, as you're listening right now, an all-new night. Inside Jokes is coming at you Saturday nights at 9 from here on out. And of course, you're listening on 640 Toronto. And as always, streaming all over planet Earth on Tay Internets at Global News Online. New night, new month, exciting things happening in comedy. I got our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line with us. How you doing, buddy? Saturday night, big date night. Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday night. That was my We've got, uh, so basically, whoever's home on a Saturday night at 9, post-pandy, we're going to have some incels. Vince, that's basically yeah. going to be... Or driving. You could be driving in the car right now. You could be driving. Basically, uh, whoever's not out having sex or going to bars, uh, you got this now. Can, can we be a little more raunchier now that that's going to be our Probably that's going to be our new promo? Yeah, I don't know. What's the yeah? How does that work? Do we have a, Do we take on a new tone? Do we take on a new flavor? We're halfway through our seventh season here, but do we go? You know, we went from talk radio on a Sunday night to like mm-hmm. Saturday. It's electric, baby. It's comedy night. Woo! Disco, get your boogaloos ready and your dance. Get your boogaloos ready. So we have kind of, it's kind of a two-sided coin tonight, Vince, to kick off our new Saturday nights here on Inside Jokes. We've kind of got two sides of quote-unquote going pro in comedy. Uh, we have Canadian comic Graham Kay, who of course we've chatted to over the years, both inside and outside of studio. Uh, lots of Canadian audiences will know him from... You know, all the club stages in Canada. He was a regular working touring comic, uh, always headlining at festivals. Uh, But, of course, he makes his home in New York, has been for the last few years. Uh, He's made the rounds on late night TV. We're going to get into it with with him about that. But he also has a brand new one-hour show, which he's bringing home to Toronto. My brother has autism. So that's Graham Kay. And then a little later on in the show, very interesting... We have a comic who's just celebrating their one-year anniversary of hitting the stage and sort of hitting the, you know, open mic scene here in Toronto. Realtor by day, successful realtor by day, now (laughs) venturing into comedy at night. Those are two very different sides of the coin. We're going to get into that with her. We got Rasha Elfecki on the show later on. It is a doubles panel, brand new, right here on Saturday nights, right here on Inside Jokes.
Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes on an all-new night right here on 640 Toronto, Saturday nights, and of course, streaming everywhere where there's the internets on Global News Online. Brought to you, as always, by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical, because the planet is getting hotter, and so are your selfies. First up in the show, we have I'm really excited about this, because it is such an interesting duality. Most of the comedians we've talked to in the last seven seasons of this show don't have what you would call a day job 99% of the time. Not really. <laughs> Not really always the most stable group of people either. I can because I love, but I mean, it's kind of true. So it's interesting. We have a comment coming up on the show celebrating their one year on the stand-up scene, uh, hitting stages all across here in Toronto and sort of coming up in this scene right now. Rasha Alfeki, who also by day is quite a successful Realtor. So those are very two extremely different sides of the coin. Lots to get into here. Rasha, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm I'm really happy to be here. It's it's such an interesting thing because you have, I mean, you were all be obviously, I mean, and we've looked at your social and all that stuff. You already in a, you had an established career. You're already a successful established realtor, which I mean that that's another career that is very much sort of a lifestyle career. I mean, you have to be very social, you have to be very extroverted. In a, in a lot of ways, I feel like you're kind of selling your personality. You have to sort of present this sort of image of success, right? You have to nowadays be extremely active on social media and sort of brand yourself. So all of that kind of ties into what comics also have to do. You kind of have to constantly hustle and push yourself out there and get your name out and grow your followers and that sort of... But for you, I mean, entering this world of comedy, and yeah, you've, you've hit the one-year mark now, which congratulations. Okay. I, the first thing I was curious about was... Do, do you sort of struggle to keep those worlds separate? Like when you started in comedy, were you worried that that would in some way sort of like work against what you had built with your profile in real estate? Were you worried that like, well, a comedy is going to sort of like taint that or anything? <laughs> um, that was definitely a concern. Um, I was scared that like my professionalism would be like, you know, it, you know what I mean? Like, you, how do I put it? Compromise? I was afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like my jokes, like, the clients got a hold of them. Maybe they would be, you know, kind of confused. It's two different personalities. It's completely, like, a whole different world. I feel like when I'm a real estate agent, I'm putting on an act. Not that I'm not being myself, but it is a different person that I'm not being funny when I'm trying to sell your house. Right. If that makes sense. And then when I'm on stage, somebody asked me, they go, who, who do you relate more to your real, your real estate self or your comedian self? And I was like, I think I am myself on stage. Like that is truly like deep down, like who I am. I, um, if you meet me and I'm not trying to sell your house, I am going to be cracking <laughs> jokes. I am going to be making fun of things. Like that is my personality, but it was scary. Cause I was like, I hope my clients don't find my social media. And <laughs> <laughs> I even took out my real estate uh, like um, account off my social account, my comedy account, because that as I go viral on TikTok and and Instagram, like those followers come to that. Like I'm I'm nervous that you know people cancel culture. Cancel culture is gonna come at me. They're gonna message my brokerage. They're gonna. But at the same time, like, I love the game. Like, I'm not going to stop doing comedy. Well, that, that is the thing, the interesting thing, too. Like, I was wondering, like, when you first started this, did you consider doing, like, well, I have to have, like, a stage name and all this stuff just to sort of keep those worlds from overlapping? Because it is true. When you're in real estate, 
you know, you're sort of, you, you do have to be this sort of, you have to exude this image of success and it's all about sort of like driven determinedness and positivity and all of that. So you are playing a character in a way, like you said, mm -hmm. and in stand up, you're very much, you know, when you get up on stage, you're sort of obviously a more dialed up version of yourself. You're sort of, you step into this thing where you're sort of a caricature of yourself. It must be a great outlet for you though, to be able to go there and just sort of vent all this stuff that again, like you say, when you're, when you're showing a house to sort of a high end client, you're, you're not sitting there cracking jokes and, no. you, and very much this polished thing it must be a great vent for you then in that way a hundred percent it is literally my outlet for everything though even um i was explaining to somebody like i'm my whole life uh if anything happens like that's like a low point i've always taken it and turned it into a joke yeah like i take traumatic experiences i feel like a lot of comedians do that like like they'll be talking about somebody breaking their heart and how it is now, like the way they speak about it, it's like, why is this the funniest thing I've ever heard? But I know in that moment you were heartbroken. Like, yeah, it's that's the that's I think that that's how I use comedy. Like, it's my outlet for everything. Like, I'm a storyteller. Like, that's my um, style. So I'll be talking a lot about like immigrating as a kid. Like, I I was born in Egypt. I uh, left. I didn't know English. I was that kid that was like an outsider. So like I lived in LA growing up too. So I was really uh, the adjustment. Then I come here at 10 and like the constant moving, I had to keep making friends, which means I had to learn how to uh, like, you know, be that person that kind of is like on the playground looking for anything and just like popping up and saying anything and like trying to make friends. Like you, you, it, it, it felt like, um, constantly re re-imaging myself and like yeah I like and so like with comedy it's like people always say to me oh you're such a natural and I'm like man my whole life I've had to reintroduce myself so that's just how it is I like how you accidentally went the traditional Canadian comedy route by the way which is go to LA first and then realize no I gotta go to Toronto <laughs> and hit some mic nine Dean she was nine <laughs> yeah even though you're celebrating one year you kind of got an early start on it really because that's sort of the that's sort of the trajectory of every Canadian comic ever. It's like you go to LA and then come back because it didn't work. And then you start on mics in Toronto. So you're like 20 years ahead of the game already. So there you go. All right. We're going to come. I, I do find this such an interesting story. And again, there's lots I want to get into also about just sort of like what the mics and what the scene looks like in Toronto yeah. now after these last couple of years. Who better to talk to you about that than Rochelle Fecky? Because she's out there right now hitting those stages in real time. We're going to come back with more on Inside Jokes right after the break. Hey guys, this is Rochelle Fecky. You guys are listening to Inside Jokes. Stay funny. <laughs> Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, as always, streaming everywhere on planet Earth, where there's the internets on global news online. Don't touch that dial, but at least you can see where it is. Thanks to Hakeem Optical, we have oh, Rosh oh. <laughs> Right? Yeah, you didn't know where I was going there, Vince. We got Rosh <laughs> Alfecki back on the show with us. Again, realtor by day, comedian by night. Rosh, it's very much this sort of 
Batman lifestyle that you have <laughs> cultivated for yourself here. I mean, yeah, before the break, we were talking about how, you know, you did sort of want to keep those worlds separate because you're entering this. Because there's sort of an element of, like, darkness and mystery and, and danger to the comedy world. And I know you're out there hitting mics right now. It's a very different landscape even than it was a couple of years ago. I mean, pandy aside. We're calling it the pandy, by the way, because let's try okay. and sound more fun than it was. Uh, I mean, you look at the Toronto stand-up scene now, it is such a different landscape. I mean, a lot of the old heritage rooms that a lot of us came up in, those are sort of gone. Now there's a whole bunch of independent comedy clubs that have sprung up across the scene that are sort of the new hubs now. Comedy Bar has a second location. Uh, I know you're out there hitting the mics every night, and it's always it was this hustle and grind. Is it still a city right now where you really can, as a comic, starting out in your first year, basically get limitless stage time? Is that how it feels still? Um, I would say right now, there is an open mic every night. You can always yeah. find something. Um, sometimes there'll be bucket shows, which means like you might get on, you might not. And it is a hustle. It is a hustle. Like I, I definitely would say that in the beginning, like I think I was just so addicted to it. It yeah. was the high that I would get after like performing a four minute set. And in the beginning, four minutes was like all I needed. And like I um now like I look back and I'm like, I I I still move the way I used to. Like I'm still out here. Like tonight I will be hitting up two open mics. And I and I'll drive like from one and like I'll look at Google Maps and try to see if I can make another one. And like it's 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 fun. And it's like sometimes crazy at the same time. Like people look at me and they're like, you're gas bill. And I'm like, I love the game. <laughs> yeah. The game is the game. Was there somebody, I mean, I know our producer Vince has wants to throw you a question here too. I was just curious. I mean, cause that is such an extreme difference from what you do by day. Was there anybody that influenced you? Was there comics that you grew up watching that you kind of went, I want to do that one day. Like this couldn't have been a spur of the moment thing. It had to be always there below the surface. You know what, though? It kind of, it's going to sound crazy, but it wasn't, like, not an accident, but it was supposed to be, like, a one-time, I'm going to do this, bucket list, one-time open mic. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, I, I love comedy, like, stand-up in real life. Like, I always tell people, it's not the same as watching it on Netflix. You have to go physically. And yeah. when me and my best friend are both, like, comic, like, addicts, like, we go we travel the world and we will go to different places and like we love doing that and it was we were in san francisco um i watched a pro show and it was these two uh comedians who is they were doing a taping and i thought wow like i never looked at them and thought i can be them because i in my head i've only seen pros my whole life so in my head i was like you're just born a pro i didn't realize there were steps to get there like yeah. i just assume that that's it like you're just a comedian you're born a pro and so for me I didn't even think that that was a possibility when I'm when I was watching them the following day we end up at an open mic and this is my first experience of what an open mic is I don't even understand like anybody can put their name and get, get up there yeah and I was like wait these people suck <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like these people are bombing and it is a small little like brewery again we're still in san francisco at this time and i jokingly say to my friend like why don't i get up there who cares i'm in san francisco nobody knows me like why not and yeah. then she's like yeah do it do it and i and then i like obviously i chickened out I was like no 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 let me write some stuff but i'll promise when we're back in toronto and things open up because we were during the pandemic i said i'll do it 
And my best friend knows me. She's the type like to kind of like egg me on. She's like, oh yeah, really? Shake my hand. And I was like, oh, you think you think I'm scared? Like she knows <laughs> if she tells me I won't, I'm gonna do it. So for me, it was more like a dare. Like I needed to prove a point. I, I, I do love what you're saying about those sign up and go up open mics because, you know, you might see these, these hidden gems, this just comedy talent that's just sort of waiting to get out there. But boy, oh boy, do you ever see some things you can't unsee? <laughs> it is like a parade of human suffering at a lot. Of... Yeah. <laughs> it's now, fascinating Russia, that study. Russia, do you say the two worlds don't collide? Like you, you don't cross over from one to the other. So you do not talk about your real estate life on stage. I, I do. I do have a couple of uh, bits about being a real estate agent. They're not really the most positive. It's more like I villainized it. I like will say, I know, guys, I'm sorry. Like, I people look at me like I'm the reason the economy's failing. Like, I'll go about it what? and I'll be... I'll be talking about I'll I'll be talking about the negatives. Like I know real estate agents get get a bad bad rep, you know. Like and when, and, uh, when you get heckled, you get heckled as a real estate agent on stage. Not, not yeah, <laughs> I get heckled as a real estate agent for sure. People like I have a I have a joke saying like my dad initially when he found out I was a uh, comic, he wasn't very happy with it. Like he's an old school immigrant like parent i mean my mother was a was a fan she loved this well moms like, are more supportive so yeah. has a client ever actually seen you on stage and been like oh my god that's my agent no uh, a lot of my clients are actually older so like i got like they don't have social media and like one time i got followed by, like on tiktok by a client it was an instant block <laughs> yeah like i instantly blocked and like and it's it, and i told only a couple of clients that i was a comedian but it's like almost like a trust thing like i don't know if i can trust you and again it's because i don't want to make myself seem unprofessional i feel like on stage i sometimes play the more and a more immature role like I, a silly role i'm goofy like i'm gonna say some things like maybe there's some uh jokes that are a little bit, um, you know, just out of pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So It um, is interesting. I mean, you kind of have to be constantly on that to sort of keep those things separate. Uh, before we wrap it up with you, we're going to grab your social and where we can see you live and all that good stuff. Your comedy social, of course. We'll yes, stay away yes, from yes, the yes. realty stuff. Do you well. have a particular favorite room in Toronto right now where you most like to go and just sort of work stuff out? Every comic kind of has like their home stage. <laughs> Well, for me right now, I actually, um, I'll, I, alter I alternate with a, a host. We do an open mic in Port Credit in Mississauga where I live. So it's called Canvas Art Bar. And that's definitely my favorite room. Of course, it's my, it's because I get like all the time in the world I'm hosting. <laughs> but uh, before that, I would say the lab, um, the lab, that lab is really good. Um, and uh, Yuck Yuck's Amateur Night. I'm going to have to stay go. on Tuesday. Inside Jokes, we know and love Poor Credit quite well. We used to do a live show there. And also shout out to my friends over at The Brogue. Rasha Alfeki, thank you so much. So where can we find you online? Find your social, your your upcoming shows, all that good stuff. Um, the, uh, my social is that girl Rasha. And um, you can find everything. I usually post when I'm on um, anybody's show. So that's where you'll find me. Excellent. Rochelle Fecky, I mean, congrats again on the one-year mark, and I love that Thank you're you. going out and doing this, and uh, hopefully you can uh, keep that keep that stream going, and maybe that'll be your be-all and end-all one day. Who knows? But hopefully you can kind of keep your 
daytime and nighttime selves separate and keep going. Thank you so much. She's yeah. Batman. She's Batman. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you again. Hey, this is not Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, and of course, as always, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide, North America-wide, planet Earth-wide, in fact, if you have the internets on Global News Online, brought to you, as always, by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical. Sure, we're on the brink of destruction, but boy, do those frames look good. How is that for a plug? We have a returning friend of the show. We haven't chatted with this guy in quite a while, as we established it was during what I'm playfully referring to now on the air as the pandy. Let's let's try and make that more fun. Uh, but returning friend of the show, uh, he's got a brand new one-man, one-hour show coming out. He's bringing it back home to Toronto coming up this month. Graham K, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing, man? I'm pretty good. You know, I, I might have COVID, but, yeah. but who knows? Who knows what is COVID these days? You know, it's like all yeah. conceptual. It's been it's so. become a very philosophical thing at this point. Now, is this your first dance with that? Did you ever have it in the first go around? Did you have sort of the OG version ever that really like knocked everyone on their ass? Or are you pl- perfectly safe? I didn't have the OG version, I don't think, but I definitely got the Omicron. I got last about this time last year. I, I like I like to get it about this time every year. That's yeah. when we, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got I got, I got the Omicron. I was in uh, Detroit doing shows, and that's the perfect, that's the place where you get Omicron. I was going to say, that's a terrible series of things, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, COVID, I mean, comedians got to eat, I don't know, what are you going to do? But I mean, last, yeah, we talked to you sort of mid-pandemic, you know, because we haven't been in person in a radio studio physically talking to other human beings in two and a half seasons of this show at this point, Uh, but Last time we talked to you, I mean, you you kind of did stay busy uh, during the whole thing. I mean, of course, a lot of our Canadian listeners know you well from your days in Toronto. I mean, we always knew you. You were a club comic. You were a festival guy. You sort mm-hmm. of did, did what you do. You sort of rise to the top of the scene here in Canada and get your papers and go. But, of course, you've established your home in New York, which is, of course, a stand-up comedy mecca. I mean, over the last few years, you've been, you know, you're pumping out albums. You made the rounds on on American Late Night. But you're coming back home the end of December. You got a brand new one-hour show, one-man show, which, by the way, I mean, this title, for those of us who know your comedy, and, of course, I came up in Toronto watching you on stage, yeah. watching a yeah. room like, like The Riv and all that stuff. Yeah. You do have this sort of very dry, punch-to-the-jugular delivery sometime. This title of this one-man show mm. really does kind of grab you by the throat. My brother has autism i mean it's a very blunt yeah exact title so i wanted to get into like what's what's a bit of what this show is all about it feels like this is maybe do you think this is one of the most personal things you've done in your stand-up to date yeah it's it's definitely um something that people resonate more with like it's it's i think it's pretty funny i think it's super funny um but they're the like I I was like so concerned over my career with like every five seconds there's like a like a punchline bang 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 and then this is one where I, I'm allowing myself to like take like thirty second breathe like there's more a little more silence in it 
And then there's like a big pop. And that's been interesting for me to learn. And But it also, people are coming up to me after the shows a lot more and um, saying, you know, that, re that really like resonated with me and stuff where, you know, before when I'm talking about my ex-girlfriend's cat, people yeah. just sort of, you know, <laughs> kind of forget about it, you know? So uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm excited. It's like, it's weird. There's sometimes people get offended. They think I'm making fun of them. And it's like, well, I'm just talking about my experience with growing up yeah. with someone with autism. He's my only sibling. And I like had to like protect him and take care of him. And it was super awkward. Like, you know, I talk about how like even right now, like he'll still do Apu from The Simpsons in public. And he, like me, is white. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about it. And I just have to sit there and just let him commit a hate crime. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 you know, and that's life, you know, <laughs> that's just what it's like. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, don't you're... think it's good that he's doing it, but <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you're not just white. You're like Ottawa white, you know? Yeah. Oh the yeah. Upper echelon of... I mean, it is interesting though. Like you said, I mean, cause when you come up, you know, when you, when you're in Toronto and you come up and you're doing, you know, 15 minutes at the club, it is very much about that. Like, okay, you got to grab the audience the second you get on stage and it's got to be go, 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 go hit, 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 hit with mm -hmm. a show like this, you know, a one man show, it is kind of, there's a, there's a lot more of a storytelling element to it. You are sort of like weaving the audience in and out of this sort of narrative. Like you said, you, you do get those moments where you kind of want to pause and breathe and you're sort of doing this longer form thing. And it's, it's sort of more reflective. Is this something you had been working on for a while? Cause it feels like something that obviously it's a lifelong thing for you. It is such a back pocket thing. Have you sort of been carrying this around in your head for a while? Like, did you, Yeah. 100%. did you get to workshop yeah. this and fringe it and stuff like that? Um, this will be probably the second time I've ever run it as a show. Um, I do, I've been doing it piecemeal in comedy clubs. Like, like for my, like I've been, I've been doing like, you know, little bits here and there, just seeing how the jokes work, like in New York at the Comedy Cellar or wherever. But I don't want to, and, and I'll do like a 15 minute set that's just about autism. But to do a full 45 just about autism, I haven't, I haven't stitched those bits together to make one thing yet because it's a different show when I go on the road. I don't want to be like, I can't just arrive. They're, they're hiring me to do comedy, you know, at yeah. these comedy clubs. And like, I just did air quotes on the radio. <laughs> um, About comedy too. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> the biggest idiot in the world. But anyway, the, 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 so you kind of just can't like just fly to Fort Collins, Colorado, and then just do an autism show when they're not expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll do yeah. I'll do like 15 <laughs> minutes. I'll do 20, maybe sometimes if it's going really well, I'll do like maybe half an hour, but this will be the first time it'll all pretty much all be autism. Um, and um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to, 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 to do it. And I'm, I want to bring it to Edinburgh next year. That's a big French festival. It's the biggest one in the world. And um, it's like where like, you know, all those, all like the sort of famous one man shows come from like Mike Birbiglia or Nanette or whatever. So yeah, um, I want to do that there. And then I want to, bring it back to New York and do a little uh, theater run here after that. So this, this, this on the Danforth um, uh, comedy bar will be my first time doing it on the 29th of December. 
And it's kind of it's kind of perfect in a way that, you know, I mean, you, you've been living and working in the States for years now and you've, you know, mm-hmm. that's become your home, but it is kind of fitting to bring this back to what was your, you know, this was your stand up home and this was your, this was your base for many years. This is where you came up through the scene here. So it's kind of nice and fitting to bring this back and of course do it at comedy bar, but it is funny what you say, like when you're, yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you're a comic, you're on the road, that's the life. So yeah, when you're mm-hmm. flying up to these gigs and you're playing clubs all over the place, there is kind of that element of like, because you have to go there and that's that's it. You just, the audience has to be laughing the whole time and you're sort of married yeah, to material in a way, you know. Yeah. You have to this smash. Must, you have to you smash. Have to smash. I mean, this yeah. must feel like a bit of a different outlet for you to just be able to like, you're in charge of this. This is something that is completely personal yeah. to you yeah. and this is for you and for your own audience. It must yeah. feel refreshing in a way. Oh, 100%. That's the goal for... So comedians, the goal is like, you got to, to like, be, you know, get your own fans and become a draw and then you can do whatever you want. And I have my own fans, but I don't have enough where I can like, like I opened for my buddy, Nate Bargatze and we we're, he just graduated from theaters to arenas and it's like, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, and they're yeah. there for him, and so this will be like one of my. This will be a thing that I'm making just for me, you know. I'm like a, you know, so it's. I mean, I'm excited for that. I'm t- I'm very excited for that. And yeah. it's been interesting seeing where you've, you know, where you've come to. I mean, the other thing I want to pick your brain on is, of course, you know, over the last few years, pan- Pandy aside, but you mm-hmm. you've made the rounds on late night TV. I mean, that was always. For any comic, that was always such a huge career maker. That was such a huge milestone. You get on one, never mind multiple of the late shows, and it was like, okay, I've made it now. That was like, that was a launcher for a lot of comics. And I mean, of course, that's still a massive thing. I mean, to be able to go on network television and do late night is still such a huge thing for comics. For for you, because things are skewing a lot more independent now, I mean, here in Canada, it's changed so much. You don't have just those sort of narrow channels of this club, this festival anymore. Those things still exist, but there's a lot more of an element of sort of making your own go of things now. Do you think late night TV means for comics what it used to? Do you think it's still like, this is it, I've made it now? Or do you think it's just sort of a cool feather to have in your cap and then you just go on to the next gig? I think it hasn't It hasn't made a comic in uh, 10 years. Yeah. I think I think it's, it's just a, it's a cool feather in your cap. It's still a cool thing to do. You're the only, you're like the only face on NBC. The whole network is just on your head. Yeah. For like five minutes. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, it, it, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome to do, but the days of Johnny Carson are over. The new Johnny Carson is like, you know, it's like unfortunate to say it's like Joe Rogan or something. It's like you go on that and then your, your career is probably a little different. Um, And then uh, (laughs) like, and also there, they have like, you know, if you can, there's these like TikTok and, and Instagram aggregators that like one bigger one is like, don't tell comedy. And they will get these like one minute clip will could, could do way more for you these days than doing like a late night show because those right. those one those woman eclipse you know they get like like a million couple million views maybe like 10 million views and then if you go right now on like my my some of my late nights like they, they don't they don't i don't think they have they have like under i have like a hundred thousand views or something 
which is still amazing, still a lot of views, but that's on YouTube. But like then, plus the people who watched it live, I guess. But it's like, I don't know. It's just different. So you you kind of it's all comedy is a lot different. Like I'm 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 struggling a lot with with this autism show. Do I break it? Do I just as my jokes? A lot of the jokes are ready now. Do I just put them like chop them up into one minute little jokes and put them up now? What am I saving them for? A special? Right. Like no one. You know, there's no. I don't know. So it, it's we're at we're definitely we've been at a crossroads. It feels for like five years. <laughs> it, it is kind of true. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, it's it's sort of like these are all just platforms that you kind of have to adapt to. It's like you know, network television isn't going anywhere. But yeah, social media plays into things so much more now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, Graham. I mean. You know, when festivals here, like JFL 42, all of a sudden was putting, you know, YouTubers on gala shows. And we're all kind of like, who the f- is Miranda Sings? What's going on here? And they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they have, you know, two million followers. And it's like, we thumbed our noses at that not too many years ago. And now it's like, it's just part of the game now. That's just Well, we should have we should have thumbed our noses at someone who's not a stand up yeah. being on a stand up show. And it was like an awful show. And I remember that was like particularly terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like the standups have to evolve and then because they're actually funny and then take over the Miranda sings territory. Yeah. We, we, that, and that's what's happening now. It is. It, it like, can't, you know, we found that sort of happy medium in a way where it's like, it can't just be all about numbers. I mean, standups still got to be standup. Uh, all right. More to get into with our friend Graham K and his new one hour show. We're going to come back right here with more inside jokes. Hey, everybody, this is Graham Kay, who is a comedian, and you are listening to Inside Jokes, which is a comedy AM radio live through the airwaves. Good for you. Keep listening. I gotta testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. For the day you die, you gonna touch the sky. You gonna touch the sky, baby girl. Testify. Come up in the spot looking extra fly. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, boys and girls, brought to you, as always, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. We have Graham Kay on the line with us, and of course, brand new one-hour show, one-man show, coming back home to Toronto later this December, called My Brother Has Autism. Uh, and Graham, I know, so you have another new special coming out that I want to pick your brain on as well. Yeah. I'm curious, though, because we were talking before the break about how, obviously, this is, you know, this is an extremely personal show for you. This is kind of... This is stuff that you don't get to really funnel into your regular standup, obviously, when you're doing a headline spot at a club in Des Moines or whatever it is, right? So it is sort of a personal thing. Has your family seen any of this material yet? Is your brother, does he know about any of this material? I mean, I'm sure he is aware of its this show's existence, of course, but have they seen any of this stuff or had a chance to react to it or is it all sort of fresh? Um, it's pretty fresh. I, I, I don't know if my brother could conceptualize that I'm doing a stand-up show about us. Um, but I I think, like, I, I've, I've told him I do stand-up and talk about... Um, what your you job know, is, basically, yeah. Growing up with, with him. And he's like, oh. He's like, okay, um, I like orange soda. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he, he doesn't really... He's like, let's do Simpsons impressions. Let's stop, you know, so... Uh, yeah, so it's it's one of those things. Um, I 
I don't really feel like guilty about it or anything like that because I don't. I'm 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 not punching down, so yeah. I'm like well, whatever. Um, and my parents, they they always find out when the thing comes out. I remember my last special, the one I did a uh, the one I did with JFL. They uh, like I did like three years ago or something. And my parents, it was on Crave, and my parents saw it, and my my they wouldn't talk to me. My my dad wouldn't talk to me for like two days. <laughs> <laughs> It is. I mean, I mean, you know, it again, as you said earlier, I mean, obviously, you know, this is a thing where you want to find your own audience with this. Of mm. course, that's what it's about at the end of the day. But it's also very much for you as well as a comic to just sort of be able to, you know, it's kind of cathartic to be able to do this material that doesn't find its way into your into your regular routine. Uh, and it's not going on a, you know, headlining show at a festival or on a late night appearance or anything like that. This is just mm. sort of for you as a as a person and as a comic. Yeah. Uh, but before we wrap it up with you, I did. So you have another new special that came out, which I also love this title, Graham K. Live from a Bowling Alley. Yeah. Which I assume is just very literal. Yeah, it is. I did. I filmed it at a bowling alley in Brooklyn. Um, it's I'm really proud of this one. I think it's my best work, my best work. Um, and uh, yeah, you can watch it on YouTube right now. So I'm promoting two things, audience. I'm promoting a live comedy show in Toronto on December 29th, which I'd love for you to come see. Um, if you live in Calgary, I have a show in January at the Laugh Stop. Um, I mean, let me just do my little plugs here, folks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Laugh Stop, Calgary, January 12, 13, 14. So live shows, promoting those two things. And then thirdly, I want to promote this YouTube comedy special, which I just released. I'm extremely proud of it. It's called Graham K. Live in a Bowling Alley. I filmed it in a bowling alley in Brooklyn, like I said. And, um, yeah, it's pretty, it's fun stuff, fun stuff. Talk about, uh, a lot of like pandemic material that I had written during the pandemic and I just had yeah. to get out there before it was like irrelevant. And it's like dating online during the pandemic and stuff like that. And like a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. Which is kind of interesting. Cause we're just now starting to see a lot of comics release stuff that, that they were sort of honing during that time. You're starting to now yeah. see these specials and albums come out. That sort of, it's like a time capsule where you're tackling that specific thing. Uh, we're going to grab your social and all that stuff really quick though. I want to ask you because obviously, I mean, you know, New York's been your home for years. A lot of the clubs and heritage rooms that you used to, you know, come up in, in Toronto and a lot of those cult places like Monday night, it's at the Rivoli and you know, the old, of course, yeah. here it's with late great Joe Downey. A lot yeah. of those heritage rooms in Toronto are, they're gone, sadly. I mean, the scene has changed so much. Is Rivoli gone? The Rivoli's still there, but those Monday nights aren't a thing anymore. And of really? course, Spirit is gone. For you, I yeah. mean, in in New York, obviously, this is this is a city with so many sort of heritage clubs. It's very much a stand-up mecca. Is there a specific place in New York where you just like to go and hone stuff and it's sort of your home stage in New York? Because every comic kind of has like a favorite stage. Well, my yeah, my favorite stage in New York is the comedy cellar. Uh it's it's like, you know, it's the Mecca. I think it's the best comedy club in the world. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, you, 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 the best way to get better at anything you do, whether it's like comedy or HVAC, is to like do it with somebody who's better than you. And it's like, you, you know, there's Lucy K is there. Chris Rock is, is there. You never know who's going to go before you. And then you're going to have to follow this legend who just emptied yeah. the room you know like like not emptied it but like sucked all the air out of the room and then you gotta kind of like flare by i'm like huh you just gotta go up uh, there's a video of online of me going up right after chris rock on youtube 
Yeah, and, you just uh, reset the space. You have to completely reset the space. <laughs> and just like, yeah. That's the beautiful thing, though. I mean, you know, because, I mean, L.A. is all about sort of I'm just going there. I want to be seen and all that stuff. New York is very much it's a it's a diehard stand up town. It is very much a yeah. stand up city. It's a live performance town, whether it's Broadway or and and that's why it's like a more of a late night place. And yeah. then uh, L.A. is like video sort of like film. So it's early. I love that's, it. That's, All right. Somebody told me. Graham K, of course, listeners can catch your new one hour, one man show. My brother has autism. You'll be back here in Toronto at the new Comedy Bar East, December 29th. And of course, your new special, Graham K, live from a bowling alley on YouTube. Before we let you go, where can we find you online and follow you? Follow me at Mr. Graham K on Instagram. Do it. Uh, follow me. I know you're like, I'm not going to follow this guy. Follow me. Um, or uh, I'll kill myself. How about that? So M R G R A H A M K A Y. Graham, like there we go. K A Y. Yeah. Best, best way to wrap up our Saturday night on the air, right there. Graham K. Thank you so much, and also thank you again to Rasha Alfeki. That is our show. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online. We'll be back next Saturday night. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx is Canadian stand-up comic Graham Kay on Stephen Colbert. Enjoy. I, uh, I used to live in a, a 250 square foot apartment. Yeah. 250 <laughs> square feet. <laughs> and if you don't understand how to calculate square footage, you know, because I didn't when I read the ad, My, uh, my microwave was my bedroom clock. <laughs> Every night before I went to bed, I just set the alarm for eight hours. <laughs> on potato. <laughs> Get the best sleep on potato, sir.